0: listening to a podcast of local news from the County of Suffolk in the United Kingdom. This is brought to you by the St. Edmundsbury News Talk Association, a UK registered charity. And welcome to the 1,864th edition of the St Edmundsbury News Talk for the 3rd of February 2022. The editor of this edition is myself, Graham, the producer is Mary and your readers are myself, Graham and Chris. We should also mention our processing teams who work hard behind the scenes to copy and dispatch this memory stick to you. We will repeat any telephone numbers that are in this edition at the end of the memory stick. And what we'll do is we'll start with uh, headlines, first of all.
1: Concerns over road diversion.
0: Long, empty middle school site could become homes.
1: Views invited on the next phase of development.
0: Police tax bill for households in Suffolk is set to rise by 4.2%.
1: Concerns have been raised about traffic being diverted through a town due to ongoing works on the A14. Improvements are taking place on the A14 between Stowmarket and Claydon, and National Highways has set up a diversion along the High Street in Needham in Market. However, councillors have raised concerns about the move d- due to the level of disturbance being caused by HGVs and other large vehicles. Councillor Mike Norris said, we have been told the work will go on until mid-march but it's already causing quite a lot of disturbance with heavy trucks and hgvs and it doesn't do the foundations of our listed buildings any good an alternative diversion route was chosen initially which would not have impacted needham market but this has since changed The District Councillor said despite putting questions to National Highways around why the High Street was chosen as a diversion route, there has been a lack of communication from them. Based on feedback from residents um, around concerns of speeding vehicles as of last Monday, a speed camera van will be placed at random locations in the High Street. A representative from National Highways said, We appreciate that living near roadworks is not easy. And we are grateful for people's patience while we deliver these vital improvements. We will continue to monitor the B113 diversion route and always welcome feedback from local people which will help us improve how we work in the future. The work is being carried out to allow for an upgrade to the barriers and drainage on the A14 and to improve safety for all road users. From March until mid-March the westbound carriage of the A14 between junctions 50 and 52 will be closed to allow for the repair and installation of new crash barriers. In mid-March for five nights the eastbound carriageway of the A14 between junctions 50 and 52 will be closed to allow for the removal of temporary barriers and narrow lanes. There will be a pause in the programme to allow for concrete survey work to take place on the A14 near Bury St Edmunds. Once complete, work will continue to finalise the crash barrier repairs.
0: Long empty middle school site could become homes. A former school site in Bury St Edmunds, which has stood empty for five years, is for sale and has been marketed as a potential residential development St James Church of England Middle School in the Vinefields near the Abbey Gardens closed in 2016, in the final phase of Suffolk's move to shut middle schools. Last year, the Diocese of St Edmundsbury and Ipswich said it was considering its options for the 4.66-acre site, after plans for a new church primary school were axed. The site is now been marketed through Savills as a residential development opportunity. A planning pre-application was submitted to West Suffolk Council to discuss its residential development potential. The sale is by informal tender with bids to be submitted by March the 17th. A council spokesman said they were unable to comment on the number of potential homes and any application would be considered against planning policy. A diocese spokesman said the land is held by an educational trust and the trustees must spend the proceeds towards another school or schools in the diocese. Trustees are required under charity law to ensure that they achieve the best terms for any disposal and will reinvest in education, he said. The diocese has engaged Savills to commence the marketing process for the site it is envisaged the property will be sold in due course, subject to planning consent being obtained by the purchaser. When asked about the site last year, Suffolk County Council said a new school was not required as they had sufficient primary places to meet demand in the town centre. Thomas Higgins, from the development team at Savills, Chelmsford, added the site could be suitable for a range of uses, including residential, retirement or health care. Martin Taylor, chairman of the Bury Society, said they were generally supportive of redeveloping the site for residential use when the idea was raised two years ago. We also expressed preference for some of the existing buildings to be retained and converted into new homes and that there should be a height restriction on any new build works to minimise impact on the Abbey Gardens, he said. The landscape setting of the Abbey Gardens and the rest of the Abbey of St Edmund Ruins, looking east and with a backdrop of St James' site, is very important.
1: Residents are being invited to give their opinions on the next phase of a major development of 1,150 homes. The second phase of the Chiltern Woods development near Sudbury will involve the building of 243 homes, of which 30% will be affordable. Developer Taylor Wimpey will be holding an online public consultation to gauge the public's views from 5pm on January 31st until February 14th. A webinar will also be held at 5pm on February 2nd, giving people the opportunity to ask questions of the project team. To join the webinar, visit wwwtaylorwimpycom slash Woods. Sam Castling, Planning Manager for Taylor Wimpy London said, We are incredibly grateful to everyone who has shared their views on our proposals for the Chiltern Woods development over the past year. The feedback has led to significant changes to our designs for the whole site, and we believe that the development will be better as a result. Having launched our first phase of homes for sale this autumn, we are now seeking people's views on the second phase. We look forward to hearing what people think of our latest proposals. In March 2018, Babra District Council granted outline planning permission for the development of land north of Woodhall Business Park, a quarter of which will be designated as affordable for rent or shared ownership. Land will also be provided for a new primary school with preschool facilities on the site, a village centre with new shops and community hall. A significant proportion of the site will be allocated as green space. Planning permission for the first phase of 200 new homes known as Maidenfields was granted in March 2021, with the first homes going on sale in September 2021. Stephen Plum, Chair of the Council's Planning Committee, welcomed the approval of the first phase and said the homes would meet a need for housing in Suffolk. He added, we are now a step closer to construction beginning on on proposals, which not only offer a substantial amount of affordable homes and employment opportunities, but will also secure the infrastructure needed to keep pace with growth, including new schools and leisure facilities meeting our ongoing ambition for Baber to be somewhat that everyone is proud to call home.
0: Police tax bill for households in Suffolk is set to rise by 4.2%. Families facing growing cost of living pressures will have to pay a 4.2% increase in the policing element of the council tax bill from April. Suffolk's police and crime panel Voted 9 to 1 for the council tax rise, which will mean a Band D home will pay an extra £10 for the year. Band B homes, the most common in Suffolk, will pay an extra £7.77. The proposal will generate an extra £2.5 million for the police force in 2022 to 2023. Conservative Police and Crime Commissioner Tim Passmore confirmed that £1 million will fund existing costs, with £1.4 million funding an upgrade to the control room to address 101 response times. Mr Passmore said he was conscious the rise could be tough for cash-strapped families already facing cost-of-living pressures, but stressed the increase was vital for the service to function as needed. He said, I do absolutely understand a lot of people are feeling the pressure because of the pandemic and it is difficult for many people. That is why this is a particularly difficult, painful decision for me this year. I absolutely believe this is what we have to do to make sure Suffolk Constabulary can go from strength to strength with all the additional complexities and change to the pattern of crime. In all my public engagement, including the recent consultation on my new police and crime plan, the one thing that comes through, loud and clear, is the public's dissatisfaction in the 101 service. It's absolutely crucial I address these concerns. Previous projections assumed a 2% increase would be needed this year but a survey of 1,166 respondents found 62% were in favour of the 4.2% proposal. Councillor Peter Beer, who voted against the level in precept rise, said that Suffolk taxpayers were going to be hit from all angles, with cost of living pressures, and it was a tax increase too much. The meeting heard that the force had been generating savings, including certain joint working programmes with Norfolk officers, that were saving £20 million. The total council tax bill also comprises county, district and parish or town council elements, with those authorities set to decide their levels in the next month.
1: A World War II veteran, well known for his cycling exploits, has celebrated his 100th birthday after receiving an honorary honorary degree. (coughs) Norman Gregory from Cockfield turned 100 on Wednesday and in true Norman fashion cycled in to meet his fellow villagers to receive a specially made birthday cake. The decorated RAF veteran was also awarded an honorary, honorary degree by york st john university where he studied teacher training in 1940 to which he said he was greatly honored and astounded although northumberland born norman is now a hundred he shows no signs of slowing down and continues to ride his electric assisted bike he said it was important to stay active you can't waste your time rusting away you've got to keep mentally and physically active he said I recommend people to take up any exercise to get some fresh air and use their bodies physically. If you're a novice to cycling, you should hold far a bit and do a short distance of one or two miles for the first week each day and increase it gradually. You've got to teach your muscles new habits. Norman, alongside friend Norman Kelly, spearheaded Suffolk's Love to Ride campaign and clocked up 5,000 350 miles in 2021 alone. The men acquired the joint nickname of Cockfield Normans and took part in Suffolk Church's Ride and Stride to raise money for the upkeep of local churches. Last year they raised more than £4,500. The former science teacher has taken part in the challenge for 13 or 14 years and Norman has already clocked up over 300 miles on his bike this year norman has always had a passion for cycling as a boy he rode twenty miles each day from his home in shrimpling to Sudbury grammar school the only time he was unable to cycle was when he was made a prisoner of war in may nineteen forty four after his lancaster plane was shot down over germany it's Norman's incredible stories of becoming one of the bomber boys of Bomber Command, training on Tiger Moth biplanes, and of learning to fly Wellington's and Halifaxes that have inspired a new generation. Two pupils from two pupils from Cockfield C E V C P. School gave Norman a special card they had made at school, and said they had enjoyed learning about his wartime experiences. Finley, aged 8, said, My parents have told me stories about Norman, that he was in World War Two and a bomber. It's incredible that he can remember it all. Finley said Norman was an inspiration, and that if he could stay fit at a 100, anyone could. I think it's incredible that he's still cycling. My dad still thinks he can't ride a bike, and I keep telling him, Well, look at Norman. Other Cockfield residents came to celebrate Norman's birthday. Linda Bolt, aged 78, said, We all love him. He's such a dear man. He's an inspiration and to be admired to the life he's led. There are not many people this, this age with his memories left. I'm sure children are inspired by him. Norman also received a card from the Queen, to which he said he was honoured.
0: A giant gold coin celebrating the year of the tiger has been unveiled by the Royal Mint. The 8 kilogram or 17 pound, sorry, I beg your pardon, 17.6 pound coin featuring a design to celebrate Chinese New Year is the largest produced as part of the Shenxiu collection. The Mint said the 185 millimeter or 7.3 inch coin blends elements of traditional British design and craftsmanship with ancient Chinese culture. It depicts the tiger face with its Chinese characters positioned nearby. An additional character on the tiger's forehead represents the Chinese for king, said to originate from the pattern on the tiger's head. The weight of the coin was chosen because the number 8 is considered lucky and associated with wealth and prosperity. Engraving machines were used to carefully cut the design into the coin over a period of 200 hours. The 8 kilogram coin is available to be purchased by a collector with a price, believed to be in the region of six figures, available on application to the Royal Mint.
1: Um, the new Omicron grant scheme is unveiled West Suffolk Council is rolling out a second grant scheme to support local businesses hit by the latest wave of the COVID pandemic. The Omicron Additional Restrictions Grant is aimed at those businesses which fall outside the business rates system. The Council warns that grants distributed under this new initiative are likely to be smaller than those made available under the Omicron Hospitality and Leisure Grant scheme unveiled last week. This is due to the fact that less funding has been made available from central government for this batch of grants. Eligible businesses include small bed and breakfast businesses, accommodation, hospitality and leisure businesses occupying shared spaces, businesses in the supply chain to the accommodation, hospitality, leisure, tourism and events sectors, personal care, gyms and sports businesses, meeting and conference rooms, pet care business day care and animal boarding and community centers attached to places of worship applications for one of the grants close on february the 18th no details are available at this stage regarding this specific amount to be made available in grant funding the council's cabinet member for growth councillor susan glossop said we have a limited amount of funding for our arg scheme which is why we want to hear and see the impact on businesses before we make any decisions over grant amounts. To apply for a grant, visit bit.ly slash 3AVO7XL. Is there historical?
0: Villages have been targeted in a spate of vintage postbox theft, thefts from rural areas during the past two weeks. In each of the incidents, which police believe are linked, the postbox was cut away from the post beneath it and stolen. Residents of Cropley Grove in Owsdon awoke on Saturday to find their postbox missing, with just the remnants of the post left behind. We heard something in the night it went missing at around 10pm and saw what what appeared to be a flatbed highways van with flashing lights and two workmen in overalls, said Penny Pettit, who lives close by. Although it was late for roadworks, we didn't think much of it until we noticed the post box was gone in the next morning. Originally, we had a brick post box, but this was demolished in a car crash decades ago. We use the post box frequently and will now have to drive to Ashley to post letters. At least, Eight similar incidents have been reported since January the 7th. Suffolk Police issued a press release on the incidents which said, We are appealing for people to remain vigilant following a series of thefts of postboxes in Suffolk. Officers believe the thefts are linked and heritage-style ones are being targeted in remote rural areas. The theft is achieved by cutting them from their mounting, possibly by using angle grinders or chainsaws. Sergeant Brian Calver from the Rural Crime and Wildlife team said, We know these are quite valuable and collectible, but they could be going for their scrap metal value as well. What is definite is that such thefts are a loss of heritage to the village they are stolen from, and the thefts cause personal disruption to individuals who have posted important letters and documents that, as a consequence, are then lost. The first theft took place on January the seventh at Hindclay Road, Rickinghall. Crime number thirty-seven forward slash one four three one forward slash twenty-two. With subsequent thefts in Churchview Road, Wicksau, on January the fourteenth or fifteenth, and the crime number there is 37, forward slash, 3351, forward slash, 22. Pound Green Cowlinch, crime number 37, forward slash, 2885, forward slash, 22. And the Green, Hockden, on the same night, crime number 37, forward slash, 3521, forward slash, 22. There were further thefts on the night of January seventeenth and eighteenth in Chapel Street, Stoke by Clare, crime number thirty-seven forward slash three five six eight forward slash twenty-two, the Green, Chedborough, crime number thirty-seven forward slash three five four four forward slash twenty-two, and Depton Green, crime number thirty-seven forward slash three four six seven. Forward slash twenty two. If you know have information on the stolen post boxes, contact Suffolk Police and quote the relevant crime number at www.suffolk.police.uk forward slash contact hyphen us forward slash existing hyphen report hyphen update. Royal Mail was approached for comment. I'm just going to give the uh, contact number, a contact address for the police again, which is www.suffolk.police.uk forward slash contact hyphen us forward slash existing hyphen report hyphen update.
1: Children got to tell a tale or two to a very special guest at Milton Hall Library, Lisa, the therapy dog. The Milton Hall hub site in Sheldrick Way had its first session on Monday for primary school children to meet and read to the rescue dog. Kate Ashton, Executive Library Manager, said, We had two or three children at the first session and we are getting plenty of interest in the idea. So we expect more will join in over the next few weeks as more parents hear about it. It's a very new and exciting idea and we are not aware of many libraries in the UK which run activities like this. Sessions with Lisa are running at 3.30pm and 4pm on Mondays with numbers limited to six children per session. To book a place, call the library on 1638 Five nine seven two nine two. I must say, I've got a lovely picture in front of me of Finley. He's aged eight, and he's reading to Lisa, the therapy dog, in the library. It's absolutely del- delightful.
0: Suffolk is set to find out next month whether funding for ambitious bus improvement plans will be approved, but a government letter has cast doubt over how much cash might be forthcoming. The £3 billion Bus Back Better scheme encouraged transport authorities across England to submit Bus Service Improvement Plans, BSIPs, with a financial ask with Suffolk submitting a case for £77 million. That is to bankroll a raft of improvements across services, which includes ambitions for more rural services, easier ticketing options and daily price caps, bus decarbonisation measures and tap-on and off travel. Suffolk had originally planned a £50 million enhanced partnership bid where providers and the local authority worked together to plan services but upped it to £77 million over three years. However, a letter sent by the Department for Transport, DFT, to local authority transport directors said that the bidding pot would be £1.4 billion. The DFT denied that funding had been cut, but in a letter admitted that prioritisation is inevitable given the scale of the ambition across the country greatly exceeds this amount». Suffolk County Council said it was waiting to find out if its bid had been successful and had not been required to prioritise measures as that would be the work of a dedicated board to be established if the bid was successful. A council spokesperson said the DFT have not made any announcements yet relating to which councils have been successful in the bidding round, therefore, no one knows who will receive. Westback better funding and how much?
1: Brown bin charges faces increase. Charges made for garden waste collection and entry to some tourist attractions in West Suffolk are set to be increased in April. West Suffolk Council's proposed fees and charges for 2022 indicate a £2 increase on the annual garden waste subscription from £43 to £45. Elsewhere, increases are planned for entry to West Stowe, a pound extra for adults, children and concessions on single-use tickets. And Moises Hall Museum in Bury, also a pound more for adults and children and two pounds more for concessions. Family tickets are to increase by three pounds at West Stowe and four pounds at Moyses Hall, while increases are also planned for annual tickets at both. The council said the garden waste charge had been frozen since 2019, with the increase needed to cover the additional costs. Those include an extra 1,700 bins to collect since then, and service costs in fuel and waste treatment also rising. For the tourist spot entry fees, the authority said the rise covers inflation costs since 2019, and had been benchmarked against other attractions.
0: West Suffolk Council has set out a scheme to improve green facilities at Knighton Park, as part of a £1.8 million decarbonisation programme involving projects across the region. £22,000 is to be allocated towards the cost of an air source heat pump for the park's cafe and toilets. This is to replace the gas boiler the site currently uses, and will save management around 4 tonnes of carbon emissions per year. The Council's decarbonisation agenda will save or offset a further 120 tonnes. The programme includes the installation of solar panels on the Council premises in Mildenhall, Haverhill and Bury. At present... Thousands of trees present in Noughton Park absorb large volumes of carbon and it is hoped that the pump will make the site an even more eco-friendly. The council's cabinet member for resources and property, Councillor Sarah Broughton, said, by investing in our properties both those, those where council services are based and those that we own and lease to tenants, we will not we will not only improve their environmental performance, but also deliver year-on-year financial savings.
1: Councillors outrage over disruptive bikers. A county councillor has complained of unauthorised use of a field at the edge of Berries and Edmonds by off-road bikers. On multiple instances in the run-up to Christmas, the field, which lies just off the A14 junction at Wesley, was visited by off-road bikers who used it for races without permission. Councillor Robert Everett, who represents the Tower Division of Suffolk County Council, has sought, sought to coordinate a response to the incursions. Speaking to the very free press, he highlighted the damaging impact of the trespasses upon the local environment, as well as the nuisance caused by those maintaining the field. The land has recently been acquired by a private firm, although negotiations over the terms of ownership are currently ongoing. Councillor Everett said another group of motorcyclists had been using the adjacent land on the other side of Newmarket Road in a respectful manner for many years. He said they go up there at weekends and they've got a track, they ride around and they park off the road. They've never been a problem. Then all of a sudden a few weeks ago some of them, either a new group or the same group, decided that the piece of land that is now not being used would make a good track. People living in neighbouring homes have told Councillor Everett that they find the new arrivals to be a disruptive influence. The landowner is said to be considering a range of measures to prevent incursions, including putting up a fence to keep the bikers out. Councillor Everett said of the trespasses they've been up there in larger numbers and also now decided it would be helpful to get a burger van, so when they get hungry they could stop and have a burger it's an escalating it's escalating to a situation where it's unacceptable because it's just dangerous it can't continue because they're on private land they shouldn't be on the land because they're breaking the law they haven't got the landowner's permission they haven't got the agent's permission who manages the the land for the landowner
0: A group of Great Barton pensioners are calling on Suffolk County Council to maintain a dangerous village path after they had to clear it themselves for a second time. Residents have been complaining to the council since 2016 about a section of pavement in Mill Road that continues to become overgrown and they say they have had to take matters into their own hands as they say they have mostly been ignored. Elaine Reed, who lives in Mill Road, said after numerous reports had been raised to the authority, she and two others cleared the pathway in 2018, and now a small group has done the same job again. She said, We clear it all and stack it back away from the path, but eventually it all goes back across. It needs a proper job doing by the council. Suffolk County Council has let us down for just over five years. This is about road safety, and really people of our age should not be having to do this work for them. Not twice. In 2018, when it was cleared, the residents were thanked by the parish council during one of their meetings. In the notes it said that the overhanging vegetation had nearly caused a collision between a car and a child. Elaine said, It has not just been one incident there, but several. A couple of weeks ago, a resident was clipped by a car wing mirror whilst walking her dog. The pavement had become so narrow, we have had to walk close to the edge bordering on the highway. In December last year, the trees were finally removed by a West Suffolk Council tree officer. But this led to another issue, as the ditch next to the path had some of the felled trees left in it, and now Elaine and the other residents just want the job fully taken on board and completed. She said, "We want a maintenance program here, and we do not want to have something where you have to do basically where you have to basically walk on the road before the council will do anything." Which is the reactive criteria for footpath from Suffolk Highways, stated in an email forwarded to me. We also want the ditch cleared. Sorry, I beg your pardon. We also want the ditch cleared as well. We pay this in our precept, in our rates for Suffolk County Council, and to do the work, and they are not doing it. Suffolk Highways was approached for comment.
1: A Suffolk Town could keep its post office after a popular bakery revealed plans to expand and incorporate a branch within a new store. Weston's Bakery in Jail, St- in Jail Lane, Sudbury is looking to expand and move into one of the old Winsham Blatch stores with the idea of providing a new home for the town's post office. The aim was revealed after news that WH Smith, which currently hosts the post office in Sudbury, is set to close down later this year meaning the town could be left without one the former winch and black store in king street consists of four floors and bakery owner chris weston said the business would like to incorporate the post office branch on the ground floor the post office would be on the ground floor along with a retail shop with some grab and go stuff and on the floor above will be a sit down area for light lunches she said The top floor will be where the main kitchen and restaurant. It will be a nice restaurant with a variety of dishes, but I would really like to do a lovely Sunday roast. Chris said the move will happen in stages, with the ground floor and lower ground floor being moved into first, before the sit-down area and restaurant are added at a later date. The Weston's owner said she came up with the idea of incorporating a post office branch within the bakery because she did not want the town to be without the postal service. If they took the post office away from the town, it would be a shame, which is why we thought with winch com- with Winch's coming up, it would be an ideal move to do both together, she added. The owner said they still plan to keep their current shop in Jail Lane open as well. Chris said she has approached the post office about the idea, but is yet to hear back from them. A post office spokesman said the operator for Sudbury Post Office has resigned and the WH Smith store is due to close in June. We know how important a post office is to a community. The vacancy has been advertised as we want to provide post office services in the town centre. We have an interested applicant.
0: A villager has expressed alarm over upcoming drainage works, alleging that planners have failed to make adequate access arrangements for residents. Suffolk Highways has been carrying out works in Great Wellnetham as part of a drainage improvement scheme which aims to prevent flooding and highway issues in the area. But resident Dick Kirby of Hambrook Close has claimed that the associated closures have already caused significant disruption and he fears more is yet to come. The project enters its next phase at the end of February, and Mr Kirby has complained that the provision for residents' access and parking is too limited. In particular, he is concerned that works at the end of his road will effectively trap him inside the close, unable to use his car. Residents have received mixed responses from Suffolk Highways, having been directed to park their vehicles on a number of different roads nearby. Mr Kirby insists that following these instructions we'd only take parking spaces away from residents of these streets, and that planners should instead negotiate the opening of adjacent private roads. Mr Kirby said many of the householders in Hambrook Close were older people and depended on their vehicles to move even relatively short distances. He said he believed the works were necessary, but wished Suffolk highways would take into account the impact of a lack of residential access arrangements. He said, We need our vehicles to convey us, not only for shopping, which I can assure you gets progressively heavier as one gets older, but also for hospital and doctor's appointments. In fact, my family and I alone have three hospital appointments scheduled during the next few weeks. Additionally, other residents use their vehicles to travel to and from work, the school run, while others use them for business purposes. Given the climatic conditions one associates with February and March, together with the slippery pavements, it is not good practice to suggest that people particularly elderly ones should walk appreciably appreciable distances. A spokesperson for Suffolk Highway said the final phase of the drainage improvement scheme will take place within Hambrook Close from the twenty fifth of february to the twenty fourth of march twenty twenty two. During this time pedestrian and vehicular access for residents will be managed by staff on site with sufficient space being provided for out-of-hours access. Off-street parking will be unrestricted at all times, and on-street parking will be available. However, it may not be available directly outside of our property. They added, We would like to thank the residents of Great, Great well, Wellneatham for their patience and understanding during our time on site.
1: A horse sanctuary is caring for two ponies rescued from the scene of a car accident along the A11 at Red Lodge. Maria and Carey were admitted to Red Wings following the crash which occurred around 11.55pm on Tuesday, January the 11th. A third pony, thought to be Carey's mother, was killed in the incident which closed the road for almost an hour. Following the initial crash, Police had to shut the dual carriageway again between 3.30am and 8.30am when a further two horses broke out onto the road. The ponies were handed over to Red Wings after their owners could not be identified. For more information on donating to Red Wings, visit bit.ly slash capital yjfow
0: And now we're going to move on to do some letters. And my first letter is from the Reverend Richard Stainer, Bradfield St. George. Matt, Countryside Needs Protection. I was so glad to read Matt Hancock's piece On the Beauty of Our Suffolk Countryside, Bury Free Press, January 21st. No doubt, since his fall from grace, he has had more time to enjoy it. We can only hope that this will encourage him to use what influence he has to ensure the government brings in tighter regulations, new laws and more money to protect it. For a start, he could persuade the government to restore the cuts made to the Environment Agency budget so that it had the manpower to improve the quality of our streams and rivers. Only 14% of which are rated as of good ecological standard in England. None of them achieved a good chemical standard. Pollution from raw sewage discharges by water companies directly into rivers, chemical discharges from industry, and agricultural runoff are key sources of pollution, and there has been no improvement since 2016. Cuts at the EA have resulted in only major pollution events being followed up. Much less monitoring is taking place and fewer cases are being brought to court. Then there is the very real threat of the climate crisis which needs urgent action. We hear a lot of fine words from government, but little seems to be being done. We need to see real investment in improving insulation in people's homes, particularly the poorest. We need improvements in building regulations to make sure all houses being built have the highest environmental standards. We waste so much energy through housing that leaks heat into the atmosphere. Of course, Mr Hancock's friends don't want to hear any of this, which is why they are trying to change the law to prevent noisy protests and deprive us of our civil liberties. Perhaps Mr Hancock could also suggest to his friends in government that subsidies on fossil fuels need to be phased out and more money invested in an alternative energy source. A nationwide network of charging points for electric cars would also help to move people away from petrol and diesel versions. Sadly, our countryside remains under threat from some types of agricultural practices as well. The use of chemicals has badly degraded our soils so that infiltration is slow and flooding of fields and roads is increasingly commonplace. Deep plowing and lack of cover crops in winter mean that there is a lack of hummus to retain moisture, as alternating drought and heavy rain seem likely to be the pattern due to climate change, we seem very ill-prepared for what is to come. Genetically modified crops are not the answer, As Mr. Hancock's neighbouring MP Joe Churchill seems to think, she recently said new genetic technologies could help us tackle some of the biggest challenges of our age around food security, climate change and biodiversity loss. This is just not the case. It will increase our need for more agrochemicals as it has been shown in the USA. It is not time that the government is encouraged regenerative agriculture to put the soil back into good heart, and increase nutrition and farmers' profits. It would also encourage many more of those bird species Mr Hancock likes to see, and reduce pollution in our streams. So, when Mr Hancock gets back to the smoke, perhaps he could have a word with these friends in Defra, and tell them that we still have a beautiful county. But it could be so much better with more investment and a bit more regulation. Diverse and fascinating? Undoubtedly but with room for improvement and that was the reverend richard stainer of bradfield st george
1: <laughs> be considerate on roads sir i feel i have put fingers to keyboard i feel i have to put fingers to keyboard after an incident that happened to me on my cycle i would like to think i am a careful considerate cyclist i always signal give way to motorists and when on a cycle path give way to pedestrians I was cycling along Derby Road from Felixstowe Road and wishing to turn right into Foxhall Road at the traffic lights towards Ipswich Hospital. I signalled and was on the right-hand side to turn when the traffic lights changed. I started to move off when I could hear a siren going and was unsure where the noise was coming from. I stopped when I saw the blue lights flashing from Foxhall Road coming from the town centre it was a police white van that wanted to turn right at traffic lights to come into derby road before they could turn a white van from behind me undertook me from the left and tried to turn right into Foxhall road i had to stop and try to get out of the way for the police van to turn and the white van had to suddenly stop to let them through i would have thought that when you hear a siren going you would give them the right of way being considerate this is what i was trying to do if in any way I was in the wrong, I apologise, but I do feel the white van driver should have been more considerate. I would also like to know with regards to motorists who go, through an amber light, who go through an amber light that is changing to red on crossings if they are doing an illegal move. The Times have seen motorists go through amber lights when they should have stopped. Thank you for letting me th- get this off my chest. And that was written by Karen Walker of Ipswich.
0: And this is a letter where the name and address was supplied, but it's not actually being printed. Roads cannot keep up with demand. Every week there are plans being submitted for permission to build houses, either small developments or large estates, yet no plans for new roads. All this growth without infrastructure is a recipe for disaster. Employment, schools, health services, shops and car parking fall short compared to the population growth. This is forcing more traffic onto the already overcrowded roads to satisfy these needs. Our town centres grind to a standstill as vehicles exhaust pollute the air with fumes. The history of many road locations date back to the days of horse and carts and cannot cope with today's demands. A single traffic light for a road repair can and does cause major tailbacks. With people's lifestyles taking them to other towns for employment, a quick and direct route to a motorway is essential. In future, I hope this will be a major consideration for all developments.
1: My next letter is written by Christine Nichols of Lowestoft and she says, Sir, I'm very disappointed in the coverage of all the news and in the media this week about the new highway code rules. They emphasised more on cyclists and pedestrians. What about horse riders? This needs bringing to the attention of your readers. Then, hopefully, through education, myself and many other horse owners will feel safer. I have no choice but to ride on roads due to my location. Every day I put my horses and my life in danger due to driver's ignorance and lack of knowing the law. Where I keep my horses, I have no option but to go on the roads to Blunderstone. It's a daily death track.
0: Well, Chris, I'm going to deviate slightly and do something slightly different for two small articles. Right, Okay. And so the first one is, uh, perks that workers want. Flexibility in hours is one of the office perks that most workers want from their employers, according to research. A survey commissioned by workspace provider Refap found that free tea, coffee and fruit and snacks were also popular benefits, while around one in four workers want a guaranteed day off on their birthday. The perks that workers want are as follows. And There are ten, and I'll start with number ten and work my way up to the top one. Starting at ten, mental health support, 19%, uh, free snacks, 20%, Totally remote working, 20%. Free breakfast items, 21%. Having drinks hour on a Friday to wind down the week. That's a good one, 21%. (laughs) Extra days holiday on a birthday, 24%. God, I wish I was still working. (laughs) Free fruit, 24%. Hybrid working, in other words, working in a variety of workspaces, 41%. And the top one... At 48% is flexible working hours. And the next little thing I want to do is just a little tribute to Barry Cryer, who passed away recently. And Barry Cryer, uh, of course, was a, a great comedy writer and wrote for many shows, including... Um, uh, I've just forgotten to... Um, and Wise. Yes, Morecambe and Wise. wise got that's right. Memory's going. So I've got two little jokes from him. And the first one is... I'm 59 and people call me middle-aged. How many 118-year-old men do you know? And the (laughs) the second joke is, this was one of his first jokes that he told. And this is about a man driving down a country lane who runs over a cockerel. He goes to the farmhouse and knocks on the door. A woman opens it and says, and he says, I appear to have killed your cockerel. I'd like to replace him. She replies, please yourself, the hens are round the back. (laughs) So so sorry about that little deviation there. And we can go back to a letter again.
1: Okay. Benefits of IT projects often overestimated. And this is written by John Scott via email. The Suffolk Police and Crime Commissioner, the PCC, wants to raise our taxes again. Very free press of January the 21st. In the article, the Assistant Chief Constable, Rob Jones, is quoted as saying improvement would be immediate and pretty dramatic this time next year and return on investment will be really quick. The PC said it's a long-term investment programme that's not going to happen overnight. Which is it? Unfortunately, there is a long history of police forces investing in technology and not delivering the promised benefit. Firstly, what's the betting the £1.4 million cost we are being asked to pay will not be enough. When do such projects ever stay within budget? Secondly, the emphasis seems to be on speed. What about quality? Thirdly, you would hope for an independent assessment of the benefits or otherwise of this investment. Comparisons must take into account the effect of COVID and the increase in the number of officers. Many of these types of projects are doomed to succeed, regardless of actual results. The most important point for senior offices who are spending taxpayers' money is the need to remember the promised benefits of IT are overestimated and the consequences underestimated.
0: My letter is from Richard Hare of Woodbridge and Carry On Brexit is its title. Sir, in his letter... Signs are looking good, Ron Simmons describes our post-Brexit situation. He says we have to get on with it and accept it. He's entitled to do so, although others may feel less inclined to acquiesce. However, he misquoted me. So, to clarify, I acknowledge clearly in my letter of January the 6th, to which he referred, that Brexiteers won the referendum due to Just over 20% of the electorate not voting. I'll remind readers what was published. Yes, I know the argument that 20-something percent didn't bother to go out and vote, and that Brexiteers won, but that doesn't change the fact that 63% did not ask for Brexit. As for me pouring cold water on Brexit, there is no need for me to do so. With government and other pro-Brexit politicians savaging each other routinely in a desperate bid to deliver the undeliverable and exonerate themselves from the damage caused, the rest of us have no choice but to watch, it on, watch on in despair. We all wait to see it demonstrated that Brexit is going to benefit our country, although there's fat chance of that happening with all the backstabbing and infighting among those who are supposed to be making it work. Carry on Brexit? No, there's an idea.
1: Now, my last letter is written by William Wicks via email, and his title is HGVs Need to Be Routed Elsewhere. Copy of a letter to Councillor Peter Thompson, Suffolk County Councillor for Eastgate and Morton Hall Division. The development of the A14 has included many a bypass Newmarket, Stowmarket, Needham Market, Ipswich, and Barrison Edmonds. Also, many villages. It is strange that Suffolk Council has created the Eastern Relief Road at Berry, Beddingfield Way, Skyliner Way and Ruffin Tower Avenue, which runs parallel with the A14, connected together with Junctions 44 and 45, then makes a statement that it would expect HGVs to use Junction 44, as this is the shortest route to the Suffolk Park from the west. Junction 45 at Ruffin is not busy, Nothing like Junction 44, which is a major route for people of Berry and Sudbury. When the main water pipe burst at Junction 44, it created many problems for Berry. If the same happened at Junction 45, it would have passed unnoticed. Beddingfield Way, Otterwill Road and Skyliner Way on Morton Hall with the busy local traffic, small roundabouts and parked cars is not a major route for the, for an HGV. The condition of the roads tells you that. Otterwell Road has a bypass. It is called Compiègne Way. But with the opening of the Eastern Relief Road, you now see HGVs from Ruffham Industrial Estate use Otwell Road instead of Compiègne Way. The bypass for Beddingfield Way is the A14 between junctions 44 and 45, a good dual carriageway route. Because of the opening of the Eastern Relief Road, Morton Hall has become a major shortcut to the Suffolk Park and Ruffham Industrial Park from all directions. Where there are better altern- when there are better re- alternatives, items need to be put in place so these other routes are used. If not, Morton Hall will be overrun by HGVs. As councillor for Morton Hall. Could you please put items in place so this does happen? Beddingfield Way has been knocked to pieces um, with excessive HGV use potholes. Storm drains starting to twist over the bumps in the road. It sounds like there are five people with two kettle drums standing along the road um, banging the drums when certain HGVs go by. As Councillor for Morton Hall, could you put in place so things in place so Beddingfield way is brought to a standard so we do not hear that drum noise as it used to be
0: now we're just about to finish but i would like to squeeze in one small item here uh, and this is uh because i'm uh, for those people that live in Bury, there's been a lot of frustration over the city fibre work that's being done and i just feel i have to say um give you some notice on the dates for the different streets. The provisional start dates, that's what the dates I'm about to give you are, are for City Fibers' work in Bury St. Edmunds Town Centre, and these have just been released. So St. John Street and Brent Grovel Street will be done on february the february twenty eighth. Remember that's the start date. High Baxter Street March the fourteenth, Abbeygate Street March the twenty first St Andrews Street North, May the 3rd, Churchgate Street, May the 16th, Angel Lane, May the 30th, Brent Grovel Street between Well Street and Risbygate Street, June the 27th, Hatter Street, June the 20th, Whiting Street, July the 18th, Woolhall Street, July the 18th, and Cornhill and Risbygate Street, August the 1st. Streets not mentioned may not be worked on until September. So I'm afraid, dear listeners, there's a lot of hold-ups yet to come in the centre of Bury. So we've come to the end of this edition now of St Edmundsbury News Talk. If you have any comments about the memory stick or difficulty playing it, please use the phone number on the pink sheet which you have been given, or put a note in the pouch when you return the memory stick to us. We'd like to acknowledge our appreciation to the Berry Free Press, East Anglia Daily Times, Haverhill Echo, and Newmarket Journal, from whose pages most of our items have been taken. News talk will be back again next week. So until then, from Mary, Chris, and myself, Graham, it's goodbye. Goodbye.